What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Strive Tribe podcast. It's your boy, Devin, and today we actually got a special guest. We got Ryan Healy, who is my little cousin. Not so little, but, you know, little cousin. Two weeks younger than me, but definitely a lot taller than me. You know, and Ryan has, you know, done a lot in his his life so far from, you know, minor leagues to professional MLB to going into the Korean Professional Baseball League. And now he's actually taken the entrepreneurial route and joined me on this career path. It's definitely a, a different switch. And the reason I wanted to bring him on today is because, as you guys know, mindset is a huge part of it from your fitness to your careers, to your relationships. And knowing Ryan and me and him being so close over the years, I've watched him transform from not only just an athlete and to an amazing father, but I've watched his mindset shift in different aspects of all those fields. So, you know, Ryan, if you want to give a little bit of background of, you know, your baseball and, you know, everything like that, and then we'll, we'll dive into some mindset cafe today. I love it. The mindset stuff, first and foremost, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Happy we got to do this. Uh, I think you and I have spent a lot of time talking business for a lot of years, all of our late night gym sessions. You've always been so creative with your thought processes, and I've always envied that. And I think we've talked a lot more since I stopped playing about our things in common that we that we view in the business world. But for me personally, I played baseball my whole life. I mean, from the time I was three, four years old until I was 30. And it was definitely an identity crisis that I had when I stopped playing. And the thing that really carried me through was my daughter, Colette. I mean, having the, the father identity kind of be thrusted upon me gave me a purpose that allowed me to transition from baseball to professional work life. I don't want to say seamless because there's definitely road bumps that I, I constantly face. But for me, I just have so much gratefulness that I have towards the game of baseball and the things that it taught me and the mindsets that it gave me and the time management and the structuring of my day-to-day life. And there's always things you can improve on, but I've been very grateful for the the discipline that baseball taught me that has been able to translate into anything that I do post-baseball. No, that's, that's awesome. I mean, during your baseball, did you guys have anything like on your teams and stuff like that, that you guys worked on like mindset or anything like, you know, sport performance things, you know, in that nature? Yeah, I was fortunate. I didn't do much in high school. Uh, I think in high school, it's more so just raw talent and competitiveness of working with your buddies, playing with your teammates, finding a way to just win. And then getting into college, you start to see that the competition level rises a ton and you're no longer the best player on the field just by showing up. You have to find a way to separate yourself. And we had the luxury of at University of Oregon, where I played for three years, our head coach had a mindset coach. His name was Ken Revisa, who recently passed. He was phenomenal. And he gave me a lot of cues that I've used in my post-baseball life of controlling the controllables, being present in that moment, understanding the difference between something that I can and can't change or fix, and just allowing me to tighten my focus up on what I can actually accomplish and just kind of chip away, stack some wins. But college is when I really dove into that, and then way more on the pro side. No, I mean, that that's awesome. I and mean, like, so... But was it more of a, just like a mindset like coach or did you, was there, I know you mentioned like cues, but you know, for those that don't know what cues are, like what kind of cues or, you know, sports like psychology cues or mindset cues did you, did you start to use? You know, 
they talk about the percentage of how of what the voice your brain and your mind hears the, mo- the most. And it's yours. I mean, it's the way that you talk to yourself. It's the way that you communicate with yourself. And I was always very hard on myself when I was playing. And when failure happened, I would sometimes steer to that skid. And what he taught me was how can I stop myself from skidding in that moment to recapture my focus? And we had little minor cues, especially I'll keep it baseball specific. Like for me, I always had a focal point. Whenever I'd go to a new stadium or for a home stadium, I always knew what part of the field I was going to look at if my mind was shifting or spinning out of control. And it was always like the top of the right field foul pole because every stadium had that. So no matter where I went, I knew that I had that controllable. And it gave me a moment to take a couple breaths, be in that, be in that moment, be in my two shoes at that point. And just be able to take the next step, the next course of action to be able to get me the result that I wanted and really not obsess over the result, but over obsess over the process. So the way that I would walk to the plate, the way that I would have my pre-pitch routine, the way that I would breathe and control my breath in that moment, a lot of those little cues that we talked about, that's, that's what really helped me get me through the, the stressful moments. No, oh, that's, that's awesome. And that's, that is huge because it's one of those things where even going from my baseball and even into like your, you know, now entrepreneurial career, it's one of those things where as long as you can find that cue or that focal point on what is controllable or what is going to be the same in every situation or whether it's your pre, you know, business meeting routine, like if you can keep that constant, you can control to a degree how your actions are performed moving forward. So, I mean, that is huge. And that's, Something that not everyone really you know knows, but I mean, coming from a sports background, you were lucky enough, and even for myself in like you know the martial arts and, and fighting and stuff, knowing that it does help translate into our lives with you know becoming entrepreneurs and stuff. So that that's awesome. For those that you know have always dreamed of being, let's say, in the in the MLB, like what's that like, man? It's it's such a different perspective of, of for me now being being kind of after the fact. It honestly feels like a movie. Like when I go back and I still have some of my best friends in the world that are playing at the, the highest level and I'll go to the games, I'll travel and see them. Um, I've been able to incorporate some business with pleasure of traveling to these out-of-state out of uh, locations to see them. And it, it does feel like a movie. When I think back on the day-to-day life of it, it was so normal because that's just what we knew. And now the way that you look at it from the outside looking in – my perspective has shifted a ton and I have so much respect for the guys that are still doing it. And I have so much, so much joy in my heart for being able to accomplish that because it's given me a lot of confidence in my post baseball career to understand that when I put my mind to something and I do the right things for long enough that you will get rewarded at some point. It may not be right here right now, but if you have conviction and confidence in your process and you have repeatable steps that you can take, you know, that the results will follow. No, definitely. And I mean, knowing you over the years, like it's one of those things where you had that goal since we were kids and your actions and your determination towards it, like definitely set you on that path. I mean, it was baseball first and everything else second. And that's how if if you really want to get to something and really want to achieve something, sometimes that's almost like the route that you need to take and the seriousness that you need to have to be able to accomplish that. Now with Going into a little more of the mindset part of it, you know, with you now being retired from the MLB and stuff and having baseball such a, an, a part of your identity, you know, how was that shift from going like, I am a baseball player to, and a dad to now I'm a dad and an entrepreneur. And how was that, you know, shift of identity for you? It's a great question, Def. And for me, I actually worked with a mindset coach for my best friends, Brett actually introduced me to a gentleman 
uh, we call him Mac. He specialized in the business world where he helped professionals transition from one job to the next, whether it was a playing career, a athletic career, or just one business transition to another. He helped me a lot shaping my perspective on what I wanted to be. And he really helped me filter through my thoughts as I had so many coming at one time. He helped me filter through my thoughts of what was important. And he helped me, I don't want to say find my identity again, but essentially figure out what my new identity was going to be because baseball defined everything that I did. And this is something that you said is every decision that I made on a daily basis was to better my baseball career. And family was always a top priority for me. But I, I can tell you firsthand that baseball took priority over family numerous times. Am I proud of that? Not necessarily because I love my family more than life itself, but I understood that I had to make sacrifices because the place that I wanted to get was something that people around me haven't been to. So I knew, I mean, for me, the mindset I live by is if you want to do something that other people haven't done, you want to get to a place that other people have never been, you got to do what people are unwilling to do. And that's what I was willing to do for my entire career. So from my eating schedule to my workout routine, to my sleeping schedule, to my recovery, to my practice routine and my schedule, it was all down to a T. And that organization, that structure, and that discipline has really helped me transition into my post-baseball life. I just have a lot more moving parts now. I've learned to multitask, whereas my only obligation was baseball before. So my focus was always centered on that. And I mean, going into that too, it's, it's one of those things where not saying that you know, you didn't prioritize your family. Like sometimes you have to be selfish to be selfless. So like, yes, baseball did come, you know, over everything, but it came over everything so that you could provide the life that you want for, you know, your family and provide a life that a lot of families never see, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and honestly, that's the same as you've seen with, you know, myself and like my entrepreneurial path. It's, it's one of those things where like, you have to put in that work whether you want to or not. Cause I mean, even you being, you know, a dad too, it's like, it's not that you don't want to spend time like every moment with, you know, with your daughter, just like I don't, you know, would with my daughter, but you have to make those sacrifices so that you can give them the things that you want. So sometimes it might seem like to others that you're putting that before them when in reality, you're only, you're doing that for them, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's the the hard thing. But at the same time, you have to be, like I said, you have to be selfish sometimes so that you can be selfless. Because if you're only selfless, then that truly is actually selfish because now you're not giving them the opportunities and then the things that they could have had if you would have just sucked it up and did the work that you need, you knew you needed to do, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, that's still a, a conversation that we have to this point. Even my wife and I, Courtney, a ton is understanding where we're going. Because for me, what I tell people is I know exactly where I'm going. I'm just not positive on how I'm getting there yet. I'm going to have to figure it out. Just like in baseball, I I knew at some point I would get to the major leagues. I didn't know how. I didn't know what my path looked like. And same thing right now with my entrepreneurial journey. I know exactly where I'm going. I'm just figuring out how to get there by solving a new problem every day and learning something new that I can apply in the future. No, definitely. And I mean, that's, that's all life is, whether it's, you know, going from the minor leagues to, to the major leagues or going from, you know, trying to start a business or, you know, trying to grow your business. It's a step-by-step process in like, you know where you want to go. And if you only focus on all the, the work that needs to be done to get there, you're going to focus on so many things that overwhelm you. And then you're going to be overloaded. And then you're going to be, you're going to, you're going to underload the amount of work you do because you're so stressed out about all these things that you need to do or could do, or it's like, dude, just take one step at a time. If you know the next step you should take, take that and then figure out the next mm-hmm. step. And then it's a step-by-step mm-hmm. process, just like baseball and just like training and everything like that. 
something a lot of people understand too is the short-term sacrifice for long-term gains. So many people right. want what they want and they want it right now, or they don't even know what they want and they don't know the reason why they're doing it. I know you and I have always talked about this and the reason why, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I struggling like this? What's the purpose of me going through this? And for me on a constantly daily basis, I'm saying I'm making this short-term sacrifice because I'm going to make the long-term gain eventually. Because I know if I right. do make these short-term sacrifices enough, they're going to stack up, they're going to stack my wins, and eventually I'm going to get to reap the benefits of it. No, definitely. I know it's one of those things where you'll hear it a lot, you know, especially in the entrepreneurial space is, you know, delayed gratification and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, it's true, right? You know, if you're only focused on getting things now and receiving now and benefiting right now, you're really short. You're going to have a shortcoming of what you could have had if you would have just put more work in and not focused on what can benefit you right this second, you know? And mm-hmm. it's one of those things even with baseball, like, you know, you're putting in so much work now, not because you want to win this game, but because you want to have a successful career and, you know, keep leveling up. So it's not, you're not focusing on the immediate win of that next game. You're focusing on, let's say the championship or, you know, having that next contract signed or whatever the case may be. Same thing with business. Like if you're focusing on every single deal, like, is this going to benefit me today? It's like, well, maybe not today, but by doing this, it allows me to open this door and this door and, and so forth. And that's where I'm really trying to get to go. So it's one of those things where you have to be able to put off gratification in some form uh, or another so that you can actually reap the benefits of it. And, you know, that time you can take a, a financial or an emotional or even a you know success draw or a win from it, it's a lot bigger than taking all these little mini wins, you know, throughout. And it's almost like one of like my mentors, you know, says it's like putting a log on the fire, right? So you have a fire, you have a campfire going, and that campfire is bright and everything is going right now. And if you wait until that fire starts to go out before you go to look for another log, now you have to get all cold and everything and then try to build your fire back up versus, you know, adding another log on the fire as it's still blazing. So that fire never starts to go out, right? It's one of those things where you sometimes have to put yourself in tough situations and force yourself to do hard things, even when it's not necessary so that you can mm-hmm. keep your motivation and keep your, you know, journey going on an upward trajectory of, you know, success. You know, mm-hmm. that's, it's, it's one of those things and that's, that's huge that you're doing it right now too. So, I mean, I have to commend you for that because it's definitely one of those things where going from a professional baseball player and switching from I'm now I'm not a baseball player anymore is huge. And it can be an emotional and depressing state for a lot of people, but you've been able to battle that and now overcome it. So now you're excelling in, you know, your quote unquote new identity, which is, which is amazing. And it's amazing to watch, you know, and I've, we've talked about it before. I think our first, our first talk of it before you actually left baseball completely was, you know, when you and I were talking and you were asking about like your decision to either go KBO or stay in the MOB. And I was like, look, like realistically, this isn't going to be a job. You're here forever. I understand like why you want to stay in the MOB and you're, you know, and you're doing it because of the, I'm a MLB player and that's your identity. But right now, which one is going to benefit you, right? Are you doing this for financial or are you doing this because it's an ego thing? And then when we had that talk, you're like, oh, damn, like I didn't really think about it that way. You know, and I was like, dude, this is not like a forever game. Like you got to realize you got to take that step that's going to excel you into your next step, you know? So it's, it's definitely 
seeing that switch for I me mean, you being able to take that switch is, is awesome. And honestly, I, I give you kudos for that. One of my favorite sayings that the, the mindset coach in college gave us was learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think for me, I've always made decisions that make a lot of people uncomfortable. I'm always, I've always been a little bit against the grain just because of my perspective and my experiences in this world. And I think just the belief in myself that allows me the opportunity to take the unconventional route. And I'm definitely doing that right now. And I didn't realize that I did that when I was playing baseball because it just felt so normal. It was my norm. And when you got, when I got on the outside looking back in, I started to realize how uncomfortable we were at most of our career and not understanding where my next paycheck might be coming from, but just doing enough of the right things that I believed. And yeah, I remember the conversation before I was signing the KBO because I had a lot of opinions that were, were voicing to me what I should or shouldn't do. And I had to eventually make the decision that was best for my family for the short term and the long term. And it ended up being a wonderful experience. And it was able to set our family up financially for the next couple of years that allowed this transition of entrepreneurship where I wasn't pressed to go get a W-2 job and I needed a paycheck every two weeks. So it allowed me to have some more freedom to really follow my passions and, and, and dreams that I didn't know existed while I was playing. No, that's, that's awesome. And honestly, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to set yourself up that way and I mean, I know we've talked about it now, but like, what have you done in your transition? Like, what are you currently doing in that entrepreneurial space? I consider myself a, a serial entrepreneur at this point and a real estate investor. I think I was able to make the decisions based off of passions that most people don't have the opportunity to. Baseball has always been a passion of mine. So I knew that I was going to want to do something within that space. And I knew that I wanted to monetize it because I have a family to provide for. But I wanted to be, I wanted to be something that I love doing. So I actually had a business idea where I could combine my two passions of baseball and real estate, where now I'm able to take care of Major League Baseball players' homes that live in Arizona. I can take care of those properties while they're gone for the season. I came up with a business idea. I had a couple of friends that I kind of test ran it on last summer, and I liked it. It was minimal hours. I was working a month for a pretty good return on my, on my time. And I was able to help people that didn't understand that they were even having that problem. And I can't tell you how many water leaks that I've had, how many air conditioning units that have gone out that these, these clients would have come home to at the end of the baseball season and dealt with, that I've been able to help solve their problems for them before they even realize they're a problem. So I grow that business. I do that a lot. I have a handful of clients now, and that will grow over the next few years. And then I do hitting lessons on the side. So the, the company that I have is Show Service, and it has two branches of income off of that that I do, which I love. I have my real estate license in Arizona, and I'm a real estate investor all across the country. So I do those two things and I do coaching for real estate investing as well. I joined a mentorship fresh off of playing and I loved the mentor so much that I ended up staying on as a coach and I've been able to actually grow some of my business skills on the marketing and sales side. He's given me opportunities to implement some things. I don't know anything about business. I'll tell you that flat out and he knows that, but he's given me opportunities to work with him and work for him because he knows my work ethic and he knows my mindset and he knows that I pick things up really quickly. And I've been able to do that. So I do some sales for him now of helping to onboard new students. I do a lot of coaching with students that are in the program to help them learn how to invest in real estate properly. But for me, it was really just how do I figure out what my passions are? And then how do I figure out how to monetize those? So it's, it's definitely a little bit of sloppy formula right now, working about six jobs at once. But I love the challenge of it on a daily basis because I get to continuously change the hat that I'm wearing. I'll go from a phone call where I'm talking to a hitting lesson client and then all of a sudden I'll pick up a phone, I'll talk to a realtor, 
or I'll call a contractor that's working on my properties in Alabama. There's so many different people that I talk to on a daily basis that's hard to keep track of, but I love the challenge and I love the diversity to be able to blend my two passions of real estate and baseball together. No, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, welcome to the life of entrepreneurship. (laughs) You know, going into that and like how many things you do have going on and with your fitness being so tied to, let's say, baseball, right? You know, you had to work out because it was going to help you in your career. Like it wasn't like, oh man, I want to work out. Like you worked out for your performance. How have you been with your, with your workout routines, basically, let's say after baseball and how is that, have you continued to work out now or is, has it improved now? Like, how's that all going? That's a great question. Cause I knew the fitness conversation would come up and I have such a unique perspective and situation on it. And it's definitely something that I challenge that I, it challenges me now trying to make time for it. And I battle, I go through as and flows, but it's so funny because I listen to your podcast a lot. And I've listened to a lot of your people that come on here and the successful businessmen and the people that are just working on their fitness. And it seems like when they figured their fitness out, the business followed. I feel like right. I have a little bit different perspective on that because when I was playing baseball, it was non-negotiable and right. it should be non-negotiable in general. But at this point where I'm at, when I was playing, if I didn't work out or if I didn't do something, somebody else would. And somebody else was gunning for my job and they'd be sitting there gladly waiting to take it. So there wasn't a negotiation, no matter how tired I was or if I was traveling. I remember my honeymoon. We went to Tulum, Mexico, and I just got done with the hip surgery. And every single day, I did at least three to four hours of rehab while I was there to make sure that I was prime when I came home. Like How many guys go on their honeymoon and they're working on their fitness or making sure that their body's functioning? Like That was just my mindset. That was my life. So when I stopped playing, I didn't have all the jobs going that I do right now. So I had a lot more free time. So I needed the gym to keep my sanity. As I got busier with work, the, the workouts started to kind of become an afterthought. And I got a Peloton in the office here, so I can always write that to clear my head. But it's been such, such a lower on the totem pole priority for me because I have so many other things going on. And more importantly, I, I wanted to be a father. And I've gotten to the point now where I'm saying, I don't need to work out five, six days a week but I need to work out too. And I need to have some quick 20 minute resets that I can do to move my body, whether it's a stretching routine, it's a core workout, it's a 20 minute bike run on the Peloton to, to re- reset my head because that's where I'll get, I'll get a little cloudy. The stress right. will kind of pile up and then it'll weigh me down. And the only way that I can get out of that is by going to the workout or going to the fitness because I need to remind myself that I can do hard things and I can, I can do enough in that process to clear my head And then I get off the bike and usually I'm reset. So it's nice to have cues like that. What does it need to be? I mean, Dev, I used to spend four hours in the gym. Like it was two hours of working out. It was two hours of hitting. And then I'd go take a break and then I'd go take two hours of ground balls. Like I was literally working out for six hours, eight hours a day. It was a full-time job in the off season. So now I know that it doesn't, it's not life or death for me. So I put different things a priority. I put my money-making opportunities as my priority because that's what I need to live. But as I progress, I'd love to get an in-home gym. I'd love to have some more resources in, in-house that I really don't have the excuse. But I haven't really talked to you about this, but I actually found a facility around here that Courtney was going to that's similar to your business model. It's a little bit different with the timing, but it's, it's an hour-long workout. It's almost like an F45. They call it Team 44 here. And it's, I go at 6 a.m., and I work out for an hour straight and they write the workouts for me and it crushes me and it gets my mind right. And I love it. So I, I do that at least twice a week to keep my body moving. And then I can mm-hmm. kind of plug and play some different workouts here and there. No, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, like with a schedule like yours, like the reason why we created our model, you know, a little bit, a little bit differently, like some of our workouts, 
you can come in, you can do a 30 minute version or you can do a 75 minute version. And it's all up to you and your schedule for the day, right? It was created because of everyone's excuses and everyone's you know reasons of why they can't get a workout in. So it's one of those things where though, like knowing the mindset that you went from, like it was your job to work out before. And now your job is to, you know, essentially grow your entrepreneurial life path. Just also realize that like, it's not that you working out is going to make your business grow, but the result from you working out, like I would try to at least do three days. And even if one of those days is a Peloton, like that's fine. But like, it's one of those things where you got to realize your hormonal balance, your emotional balance, your stress levels, especially when you have so many things juggling as you do, those things start to balance out. And you got to realize the better you feel, the better you do. And that is a huge thing, especially, I mean, for myself right now, like got the podcast, got the gym, got the, you know, the CRM company, got the, the franchise company. Like, believe me, like I'm, I'm the same way. It's one of those things where I don't always get to work out every single day, but I make it like a mission to at least work out, you know, four or five days. And some of those times it is because I'm already in the gym, but it's one of those things where I noticed when I was, you know, super stressed out and only doing like, you know, one or two days a week, everything else just seemed more stressful. And in my emotions or my stresses just seemed a lot more impactful in my decision-making. And at the end of the day, like your brain activity actually increases from workout. And it's one of those things too, like I know when I was doing martial arts and, and that was my job and I was worked out every day, and then all of a sudden you get to relax because it's not your job anymore. You're going through that like wave two of like, now I don't have to do it. So I don't, I'm not going to do it every single day, but just realize that like your opportunities and your growth will always be there too, because you have that mindset of making it happen and doing a 30 minute Peloton or a 20 minute Peloton, you know, before you start work or waking up 20 minutes earlier to do that real quick, isn't going to be a make or break in your day but it will be a make or break in maybe some of the emotions and decisions that you make from that day. Right. That's a great point. Cause I, I have the stress and I have the anxiety that'll pile up because there'll be days where I'll have four out of the six businesses that all of a sudden have problems that need to be solved. And I am the guy that has to solve them all. And right. I'm solving other people's problems for them. And you know how draining that can be. And if I'm not spending time with some of my self care and my self maintenance with filling my own bucket, of the exercise or the things that I know that I physically mentally need, I have like this crippling anxiety that'll just freeze me in the day. And my wife struggles with it as well. And we talk about it a lot and hers is always fitness. And so is mine, whether it's an hour and a half long workout or a 20 minute bike ride, it, it clears my head so quickly. So you're hundred percent right. I try to do at least three to four days a week, two of those being Pelotons and like a core workout and then two being physically in the gym. But it's funny, I've done every exercise that you could possibly dream up, Dev, whether it was with you or with another trainer, but I cannot write a workout worth a damn. And I don't know why, but I was working out at the gym that I do lessons at and I would go there and they have all the weights that you need, but I can't formulate it because I had this mental block. I was always a robot in the gym. There was always told that there's two types of losers. There's the ones that do what they're told, the ones that don't do what they're told. And I was always a guy that did what they were told. And then I do some more. So you give me a workout and writing, you're a trainer, you tell me what to do. Great. I'm going to do all this. And then what, well, guess what? I'm going to do a little extra because that's just what I have in me. It's a competition at that point. But when I'm writing my own workouts, I lack the skills and the organization of how to function a plan to be able to execute it. So that's why going to the facility like yours, it removes the thought of what am I doing today? And I just do it. Whereas when I was right. playing baseball, all my workouts were pertaining to 
how am I getting better? How am I rotating harder? How can I hit the ball harder? How can I still he- stay healthier longer? How can I improve my flexibility? Whatever it was. Now it's just right. like, how do I just stay strong and how do I clear my head? And that's, it's such a simple mindset now for the exercise, but it's definitely had to become more of a priority because I felt the stress piling up and the hormonal imbalance is hundred percent correct. And you're, you're dead on there. And that's why I've had to get more regimented with holding myself accountable to at least going to a facility twice a week. And then I know I can get two done here. No, that's, that's awesome. And it's one of those things where even like, like you have the Peloton, they have the little classes and stuff on there too. So it's one of those things where you have someone telling you what to do. And I mean, realize that being able to write your own workouts or effectively write your own workouts isn't a skill that necessarily everyone needs. Right. And that's why there are trainers and that's why there are gyms and programs like the one you're going to, or like strive. Right. And even for us, like I realized that because that is a huge thing. Like for me, it's, it, it's almost common sense, but also like a lot of baseball things for you are just common sense. Right. And it's, it's not nature. Right. So it's one of those things like even for us, for our franchisees, what we actually did is realize that. And even for our franchisees, all the locations are going to have the same workout. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I real I realized that. And it's like, dang, like if you, even if you want to own your own gym or whether you want to go to a gym, it shouldn't be that, you know, you need to also be an amazing person that writes workouts that knows how to write effective workouts. I was like, let's just help do that too. And that's one of the things we actually did. So it's, it's, you know, a huge thing. And as I'm talking to people and stuff, when I tell them that part, they're like, Oh wait, that's awesome. And I was like, well, yeah, if you go into like a McDonald's or something, or let's say you go into a restaurant, I took like the restaurant approach. And if you go into a restaurant chain, you know, what kind of food you're going to get before you get there. Mm -hmm. So for our gym, Like we're not trying to be like, I just, just as you referenced them before F45, where the trainers have to write the workouts, you know, and you don't know which F45 is going to be a good one. Like I want our gym to be, you know, effective wherever it is. Right. Because again, it's so important, especially even for like people like you, where it's, you know, a 30 minute is better than nothing, you know? And it's like that 30 minutes matters, especially in a schedule like yours. Like you're not trying to waste 30 minutes of your day, an hour of your day. So you need to make sure you're going somewhere that it's going to be solid workouts. So, I mean, that's, that's huge. And honestly, that's, I'm glad that you did sign up for something like that because it's, it's not important to be able to know how to write workouts, but it is important that you are working out and doing something effective for yourself. That's such a great, such a great point. Such a great point. No, I appreciate it. No, how's your, what are you currently doing like now for like mindset stuff? Cause I mean, it's one of those things as entrepreneurs, like, you know, aside from working out, aside from, you know, business, um, just your personal development is always important no matter what role and no matter what career you're in, but being an entrepreneur, we have so many things that are going on in our day. Like you said, we're, we're problem solvers, right? And at the end of the day, like, what are you currently doing to continue your self-improvement on a mental side? I'll say the exercise is definitely one for me. I- I've eliminated how much TV I watch and how much music I listen to and everything is podcasts. And I have a a pretty small variety of what I listen to because I want a lot of it to be pertaining to mindset, to real estate, to sales, to entrepreneurship. For me, the one word that I value a ton is perspective now. I want to understand what the perspective of successful people are that have done business their whole life because I have a ton of making up to do. And I already have so many tools that I can be able to repurpose but without the perspective of how to repurpose those, they're just sitting there dormant. So I had to learn how to retool my purpose and what I was good at and apply it to the things that I wanted to do now in the business space. 
And that's a constant learning process. But honestly, I would say podcasts are the biggest thing that I do because I'm not a big reader. I would love to become more of a reader, but I can't get over the hurdles. But I list, they, they do audiobooks, so I'll listen to audiobooks. So I'll usually have an audiobook going at all times based off of the topic that I want to improve at. And then I'll listen to new podcasts constantly. And some of it's just funny stuff that's just different real-world opportunities or situations. But a lot of it is real estate investing and entrepreneurship because I want to hear the mindset and the perspective that these successful individuals have and how they're able to over- overcome numerous problems throughout the course of the day. No, that, that's awesome. I mean, that's the same way with me. Like, I don't know if it's from being in the gym, you know, for as many years as I've been in the gym and hear music all the time. I remember even when I was going home from the gym, it would either be a podcast, audiobook, or silence. Like, I just, I just didn't want any more music. But I mean, for me, like, you know, I'm the same way. I podcast, audiobooks. I wasn't a big reader until more recently. And it was one of those things where, I mean, even in high school and college, like, I honestly didn't really crack books open. Like, I just didn't need to. But it's one of those things where I've noticed that there's almost a different skill take from it, right? It's now when you're texting people, right? It's not, yes, you're talking, but being able to write in and write different styles or write different ways. And like you said, a perspective, right? So when you're reading and you're writing, there's what perspective is your message or your text or your email going to give the other person? Is that the perspective that you're trying to give when you're, when you're saying that? Because it's when you're talking to someone, like I can say something, I can read, if, especially if it's face to face, I can read your body language and be like, ding, that's yeah. definitely not the perspective I wanted to give. I can say it a different way. But if you're sending a text message, an email, you don't see what's happening on the other end of that. And being more into reading now, like I've been able to try to focus and realize, okay, like how did I take that, that paragraph or that line and how could you reword it to make it sound like this? And I don't read a ton, but I I try to do, you know, 10-ish pages a day. And it's usually in the morning. So that I don't wake up and start answering emails or anything. I wake up, like, and I first thing I do is while the coffee's getting made or whatever, like, I just, you know, do 10 pages. That's before Camila and Gabby and everyone get up. So it's 10 pages. And then it's like, okay, now my mind's already going on what I just read. And now I've already set myself up to get into answering emails. My brain's already going. So I don't need to create anything I'm not having to focus on solving a problem yet. And it's crazy because like just doing that, it almost like, it's almost like when you warm up in baseball or you warm up in your workout, right? Because I've tried it different ways. And believe me, like I tried to do the whole, you know, read 10 pages a day and I was doing it at the end of the day. And honestly, I stopped doing it because I literally be reading the book and then I would wake up with my head on page nine out of 10. Like, and it <laughs> happened where I, had, I was literally walking, pacing, trying to just read that last fucking page and then I was like, dude, like I have to change this. So then I was like, okay, well, when I wake up, I normally just open my phone, go to emails, and I'm reading emails. I was like, why don't I just read the book then? And now it gave me that like warm up. So now the first task I do for the business or first email I answer, my brain already feels like it's on it's on go mode versus like, oh shit, like there's so much to do right now, and it it starts off in chaos. I might need to try that because I've actually struggled with the chaos of waking up in chaos because. Even the days that I wake up at 530 in the morning, and I would say that's probably three to four days out of the week, I'm usually doing lessons until 9, 930 at night, and I'll get home and I'm not going to sleep till 1231. So usually I know that next morning is a wash for me, but I've been able to manipulate my schedule where I can kind of sleep in a little bit. I can wake up at seven with the baby. I wake up in the chaos, but I can slow my day down. But for the four days that I'm my highly productive individual, 
it's so funny that you mentioned that story of starting to read in the morning because I might need to start doing that because I struggle because being in the West Coast time, I have so many people that are in central time zone and East Coast time zone that I'm getting their problems where it's noon or it's 10 a.m. there and it's 7 a.m., 8 a.m. here and my brain is not firing in all cylinders yet. So I'll have conversations with students that are in within the mentorship and I'm not getting my thoughts out clearly because the words aren't coming or the emails that I'm trying to answer back to my contractors or the text messages, all the problems that are coming through. I think maybe if I try to pick up a book and just read 10 pages like that before I actually deal with other people's problems, it'll get that, that vocabulary kind of functioning because my wife always says she has a much, much higher vocabulary and word count than I do available but I'm much more articulate with my words and I don't want to say manipulation, but I'm able to read people just like you said and understand what they need to hear. So what I do personally is I send a lot of voice messages, whether it's a video of me talking or it's just a voice over on the text message. My words come across so much better. I can, I can talk through my thoughts easier there than through a text message and I'll write a text right. message and it'll be four paragraphs long and it'll be well explained but I just wrote a short novel. I'm like, what? no one's going to read this. And if they do, they're not going to ex- understand it the way that I want to because my tonality is not there highlighting the important things. And I've learned a lot right. of this through sales and such that your tonality and your speed of talking and the way that you say things really matters. So that's why 100%. I use the voice text a lot. And I use the video message a lot because I feel like it removes that ability of the lack of communication, or lack of understanding from the, the recipient on the other end. Or do you think that you're using that because you know that's your skill and you know you're strong at that and you know you're a little bit weaker at you know writing it maybe because you aren't reading. So you're doing it to give yourself that edge versus trying to build up your weakness to a strength as well. Because I mean, believe me, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm not, I'm not harping against you. But just knowing that it's one of those things where we tend to lean into our strengths and not build up our weaknesses to also become a strength. Because like, you know, there's always that saying like double down or, you know, three times down on your, on your strengths. And, you know, you don't need to be, to worry about the weaknesses, just go all in. It's like, well, why not just make a weakness, a strength? And now you have a lot more strength and ability on more fields. And now it's like, you can overcome certain things because there's going to be people that are texters. Because I can't always listen to a voicemail. I can't always listen to a video, you know, but I can read a text message and take my time and read it when I'm able to read it. So there's, there's, you know, pros and cons to both, but it's one of those things where I definitely, I definitely recommend, you know, doing the reading in the morning. Cause that honestly, it feels like almost like a mental warm up before getting into problems. And also if you start your day off in chaos, the day kind of follows that. Right. So true. So true. I, I do that way too often when I wake up in chaos and then all of a sudden 8am comes around and I haven't had my coffee yet. My heart rate's already up. I've already solved three problems and I don't know how I did it. And I already have three more coming. And I think that's a great point because like in the mornings, it's so hot in Arizona in the summers. So I'll go out and sit outside at 5, 6 a.m. And usually end up on my phone instead of just grabbing a book and reading 10 pages. So I'm going to do that. You have to hold me accountable to that. But I'm going to I have plenty of books stacked up throughout this house that I can read that are just sitting with dust on them that I'll I'll have to clean off and, and start reading. But that's such an easy accomplishment to get through. It's what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes of your morning of just reading something yeah. before you put, pick the phone up. Yeah, honestly, it, honestly, it, it, it sounds like a lot when you say 10 pages, but realistically, like it should be no more than 15. If you're a slow reader, 20 minutes and you'll go on and you'll answer emails and, and go on social media or whatever. And you'll be at an hour before you even know it, you know, like that 10 pages makes you so much more productive in my opinion for the rest of my days that I've been doing it. But 
I definitely will hold you accountable. I'll send you over some books that, you know, I've read that liked because, I mean, I've read a bunch of that are, you know, supposedly good and I just didn't really take to them. But some of the ones that I've like, reread and stuff, like I'll definitely send them over to you so you can start trying those too. But one of the questions I always ask people, you know, that when we interview them, what is, and it doesn't need to pertain to business or to baseball, it's just life in general, or it could be for any of those avenues if you want. What is the best advice or best piece of information that someone has given you in your life? And then also the flip of that, what is the worst advice or comment or suggestion that someone has given you and how did you overcome it? Oof. I'm about to think about the worst advice that I've had because I feel like I'm pretty good of, of having a one in one ear out the other, but I'll, let me think about that. But the best advice that I've ever had, there's two, there's two things. There's two things that I really try to live by. One is there's no problem bigger than me. There's no problem that's bigger. That's so big that I can't solve it. And whether I need to delegate different things to have people help me solve that problem my mindset is there's no problem that's bigger than that that I can't solve. Just because that's just I, I know I'm, I, I can I can accomplish anything I put my mind to. So that's something that I really set my sights on a lot. The worst advice that I ever got. Worst advice or worst like you know comment or suggestion, whether it was you know in your career or in you know baseball or in life in general, and it could have been something that someone said out of like their jealousy or whatever. I mean, it's one of those things where, for example. People have told me that, you know, I should have got a normal job and, you know, why would I franchise? Like you can't franchise, you know, that, why would you do that? People fail. And it's like, so, I mean, like something that along those lines. Yeah. I've definitely had people that have questioned my decisions and whether they vocalize it directly to me or not, you know, it's there. I think the worst advice that I've gotten, it's more of a general concept of just people that are willing to accept less than they know they're capable of doing people that are willing to just take half of a result and move on instead of really finishing the job. And something I really live my life by is if, if I don't do it, someone else will. So why not me? No matter what it is, whether that's taking 30 minutes to go play in my daughter's playpen with her and just be present in that moment, leave my phone off, you know, whether that's going to the gym, waking up a little bit earlier and staying up a little later and finishing those emails or analyzing the properties I need to, there's always more that you can do. And if anyone tells you otherwise, they're absolutely full of shit because they've accepted yep. mediocrity. And if you want to be mediocre, that's fine. There's so many people in this world that live a happy, wonderful, healthy life doing that. And I have no, no knock on you. But for me, I'm a different breed. And I know you are too. And that's what we bond a lot over is I have a different mindset than most. And I've realized that that's my superpower in the real world that's translated from baseball to to business is I have the superpower of having a mindset of I will not quit and I will not accept anything other than what I want and what I deserve and I will get there and I will earn it. So people that love to let make you feel like it was enough or you did enough or that was good enough. I, I, I don't, I don't play with that game, man. That's not my life. No, I agree. I a hundred percent agree. And honestly, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time out of, you know, one year day because of you are a dad and, and, you know, running all these different businesses. It's one of those things where it's not always easy to find time. And I know it did take a couple of different meeting times from us to line up our schedules. So I do want to thank you so much for that. And I mean, we'll definitely have you on again in the future on, you know, talking about more some mindset stuff as, as you progress down your journey. But honestly, again, thank you so much for, for stopping by today. I'm happy we can do this, man. And I, I think what I've learned too, the entrepreneurial journey is I have to set time aside for myself. So like every Friday now, I kind of leave my schedule open 
and then I can do what I want. So like today I have a date scheduled with my daughter. I'm going to take her to a play place for an hour and a half just to get out of the house and disconnect. So I got a couple of meetings today, a couple of emails, but my Fridays I've, I've learned to like, I need to have those be my days. So I'm happy we we're able to make this happen because trying to squeeze it on the Monday, Tuesday, you and I are both just running around like two chickens with our heads cut off. No, <laughs> no I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. All right, man. I appreciate y'all. Talk to you soon. Well.